Your move, creep. Mission luck, Bruiser. You both Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. The only thing I know how to do. It's a good looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's Nightmare! Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. Hello everybody, welcome back to Retrograde Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about older movies. We talk about how they were made, how they were received, and whether or not they hold up. I am Austin. And I'm George. And today, we have an awesome movie. It's gonna be great. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. I saw it a few years back. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I remember watching this movie a lot as a kid, even though we never owned the VHS of it. But somehow I always got to watch it every every so often. So Can you believe this movie's over 20 years old? No. And <laughs> we, we were getting ready to talk about it last year. But our guest who wanted to talk about this movie wasn't available. So we decided to keep it in the you know, keep it in the backlog. It's like, all right, so whenever she opens up, let's, you know, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was like the first movie that she thought of as well. So our guest is going to have some cool thoughts on this movie as well. So this, this will be an exciting episode. Austin, what movie are we going to be talking about this week? This week, we will be talking about 2001's Shrek. Yeah, the, the Green Ogre, voiced by Michael Myers. And he's got Donkey, voiced by Eddie Murphy. And he's the, the Princess Fiona, Voiced by Cameron Diaz. Directed by Andrew Adamson and Vicky Jensen. Man, I don't I did not know who directed this movie. That's the interesting thing. I didn't know either. Like, I've never thought about Shrek in the same way as I think about other movies. Because when I think about other movies, I'm like, oh, who directed it? You know, what company produced it? I just I mm-hmm. didn't I don't I never thought of it that way with this movie. I was like, oh, it's just Shrek. Yeah, like Shrek. Shrek is Shrek. Dream DreamWorks. So yeah. Steven Spielberg is involved somehow, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited to get into this movie, kind of talk about it, because there's a lot of history with it. I mean, it's one of the most successful animated films of all time. It spawned like three sequels, uh, a spin-off series. Um, it was one of the highest grossing films of the year in 2001. Like they were in direct competition with Pixar. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, like, how they made the movie, because, you know, this was a few years after um, Toy Story. So, like, 3D animation was, like, still on the up and up. So, I'm kind of curious, like, all right, did they create a specific method to make this movie? Or did they just take what Pixar did the same way? I I, I don't know. I don't know too much about animation. Animation is one of those things that I have, like, a a blind spot with. Yes. It's unfortunate, because I think animation... It's a mistake to think of animation as a genre because animation is just like a means to tell whatever kind of story you want. You know, you can have an animated superhero movie, an animated crime thriller, animated romance. Like those are all just animated versions of that genre. Yeah, I always think about what Scorsese said when people were talking about digital versus film, right? Like which is better, film cameras or digital? And Scorsese kind of said it doesn't really matter it's different uh paintbrushes you know it's different canvases you know like you use the Mm -hmm. one that's going to be better for the story and in a way animation kind of applies with that 
Brad Bird's like, yeah, don't say animation is just a genre because you could, like you said, have an animated film be any kind of genre. It doesn't matter. And as long as you have the right story, why not tell it in an animated manner? You know, like if it fits, do it. That I don't know how this movie would have worked if it was live action. I don't. I don't think it would have worked as as well as it does for as the, as it is for an animated movie. It probably it probably would have aged as well as like those early early superhero films, like back like it, in like. I think it's it's similar to like uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights because it is like a parody of the like fairy tale story um and robin hood's a parody of like robin hood which is kind of like a fairy tale story right uh i don't i'm not too sure i mean have you seen men in tights no i never have oh my okay well that's when we gotta go back to because i was like wait why aren't you agreeing with me i feel like that was something that was really smart that i said but no you don't i mean know what I'm I, I know it has to deal with uh with robin hood so i'm like oh okay like that yeah I, it makes total sense but I've never actually seen it, so I wouldn't know if it's like a good, like if it's if that's a good movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's I love that movie. Um, we'll we'll come back to that later because there's a scene in the move in this movie that reminds me of Men in Tights because um, Robin Hood appears in this movie. But when did you first see Shrek? Honest to God, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if I saw it in theaters. Or if I saw it, saw it, I don't know if I watched it in theaters or in home video first. I can't, I can't remember. Mm. That was the thing. 2001 was a pretty big year for me going to the movies because we visited this year before. We've gone, we watched the original Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's mm -hmm. Stone. We talked about Lord of the Rings. And I remember those movies very vividly in theaters. But with Shrek, I think I might have. But I, I can't actually remember that experience the first time watching it. I do remember watching it growing up, like at my cousin's sleepovers, like we would watch this movie. Uh, my cousin had like a VHS player, like a, one of those mini TVs in his van. In his like his parents' <laughs> van had a mini TV with like a VHS oh, player. Oh, yeah. So we'd watch it there. Um, like, I, it's just been years of watching this movie the last time I saw it was like in 2017, I think. And 2017 and before then, like it had been a few years, like. Damn. So as a kid, I watched it a lot. But and when I watched it in 2017, I was like, wow, I forgot a lot of these jokes. And some of them are kind of adult oriented. Yeah, it's for the, the parents that took their kids to see the new animated movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think I saw this movie in theaters. I know for sure we saw the second one in theaters. I remember the song. I remember All Star, of course. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, have you ever seen the, the movie Mystery Men with Ben Stiller? And William no, H. I never have. It's so funny because I'm pretty sure we saw that movie maybe in theaters. It was, I think it might have been the movie that was, like, way ahead of its time because it was a parody of superhero a parody of superheroes, but it was made before superheroes were like really big. I wonder how, how well that movie would hold up today. Maybe that's something else we could go back to. But I remember the song All Star from Smash Mouth. Mm -hmm. And they even made a music video for the, the Mystery Men where like you would follow. It, it would be like the band was in the movie, but 
they're interacting with the characters in the movie, but they didn't get any of those actors to be in the music video. So they just had doubles and they shot them from behind throughout the whole video. (laughs) It's so silly. Um, But I remember hearing that song again in Shrek and then all of a sudden the song was popular again. And I was like, but wait, what about mystery men? Can movies do that? Can they just like take the, the theme song and just, do it again. Oh, because so- you thought it was the, like, <laughs> wait, wait, was All-Star the actual song? Was that a song that was created for Mystery Men? Uh, I think it was on Smash Mouth's album first, first, okay. but they, they did the whole music video tie-in. Okay, you gotcha. Know? And then they just used the song again in Shrek and it, it, it became big again. And it's, it's crazy. I don't know if there was a song that, I guess there's um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, because like Wayne's World uses the song and then the song becomes big again. But I feel like Mystery Men and Shrek came out very like a year apart, maybe, maybe two years apart. And you mm. use the same song. It's well, and it's funny know. too because there's actually another movie from 2000 that used the song. Really? It was in the movie Rat Race. <laughs> Rat Race used it too? Yeah. So. <laughs> I man, Rat Race would be a good one. I remember watching what? Yeah, Rat remember. Race in two thousand one. I remember watching that movie in theaters. I That's, remember watching it too. Well, oh, I on thought, DVD. I, I was. Oh, I thought that was the funniest movie I had ever seen at that moment. <laughs> um, but I, the thing I remember about that movie right now is is how they had Dean Cain play a bad guy, and I'm like, that's funny because he's he's Superman and he's a good guy, but like Dean Cain now is like, oh God. He's closer to his character in Rat Race than he was to, to Clark Kent. Oh, Tracy's ex-boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 that's right. Where she's chasing them with the helicopter. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Come on, baby. Where'd you going? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to be talking about Shrek, but it's fuck. Oh, uh, you know, because we're going back to 2001 and, the, you know, there's... We are talking about Smash Mouth, which Smash Mouth was like one of the biggest bands of 2001. And the reason was because their song All-Star was, like you mentioned earlier, it was in Mystery Men. Then it came out in Shrek where it really blew up. And I'm rem- I'm thinking about the other time the song was used in Rat Race. So the whole, <laughs> the whole movie is about them going to uh, Silver City, New Mexico to, to open up this locker that has like a million dollars or whatever. But at the very end, someone tries to steal it. So everyone that's in the actual race is like, they're there in silver city. They, uh, they open the locker, the money's gone and they're chasing the people that have the money. And they eventually end up at this concert where smash mouth is playing. (laughs) And the song that they play is all star. Oh, that's funny. Oh, so you know what? I'm pretty sure I did see Shrek in theaters because I was familiar with the song and Rat Race came out in August of, uh, I think, yeah, Smash Mouth came out in August, Shrek came out in May 18th. Mm-hmm. So May 18th. So that's too short of a time for me to have seen that in VHS, I think. So I think I did see Shrek in theaters because that song was really popular. I must have seen it in yeah. Shrek, I guess. It's, but, it's so, like, I don't know. You can't think of Shrek without thinking of the song. So, like, that's what I remember. I remember listening to that song a lot and then oh, being yeah. feeling bad for Mystery Man. Because I know that movie wasn't as pop, 
It was nowhere near as popular as Shrek. Hold on, I want to check something. Oh my god! What? No, I think I know the first time I listened to All Star. When? Digimon the movie. They played it in Digimon the movie too? Yeah! Or, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, they did what? play it. They played it in the film, and it was in the soundtrack. And I remember I had the CD for this the, for the soundtrack, and I loved the fuck out that CD. Like, this is one of my favorite <laughs> soundtracks. Like, outside of Batman Forever, Digimon the movie has one of the coolest soundtracks. Like, that thing oh slaps. And it's, it's also in there. Wow. Smash Mouth has made one of the most, you probably one of the most used songs in, like, movie history. Probably. I don't, I don't movie history, what, dude. That's, that's a... That's a long time. Think about no, between us two. Between us two, we just named four films that their song was used in. I don't know. I, f- I feel like uh, <laughs> the Chariots of Fire song is used in more movies. Okay. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That's uh. Okay. Maybe I'm exaggerating. You're absolutely <laughs> You're right. Exaggerating. But it's it's a it was a song that was used a lot. It was a huge song. But I feel like it's it's Shrek's song. You know, like if you no, play no, it, 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 it's people like, oh, it's a song from Shrek. Mm-hmm. Like if you say sh- we're doing Shrek, you know, everybody, you know, people are thinking somebody wants to. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And I'll say this. Shrek used it really well. So, you know, good. like uh, it incorporates it, it incorporates it really well. And from what I can remember, it's like part of the montage where we're learning about Shrek. And, yeah. you know, in like a minute, minute 30, you get this catchy song and you get Shrek introduced and you realize, oh, this is what his life is like. And it looks pretty good. Like. He's having a fun time. Nobody's bugging him. He's a loner, but he loves being alone. You got the catchy song in the background. Great intro. Like, honestly, it is a beautiful intro. Gets you right into it. It's one of those movies that we I watched over and over and over again, and I don't think I ever skipped any part of it. No, same. I told you how I used to, like, skip on the VHS and DVD, like, different chapters just because I wanted to relive, just because I wanted to rewatch certain scenes. I never did that with Shrek. It was always like, gotta watch everything. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I remember the the Shrek 2. I really liked Shrek 2, I think. Mm -hmm. And I remember definitely seeing that in theaters because I remember my mom was excited about Antonio Banderas playing Puss in Boots. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And now to think too, like, I remember watching Shrek 2 and being like, wow, like, I honestly like this as much as the first. Like, yeah. you, you, like, even then I could understand, like, the difference in quality somewhat. Like, you could just feel it, right? And with this one, with Shrek 2, I was like, oh, this is as good as Shrek 1. Like, I'm laughing as much. I, I, I'm I, enjoying it. I think it has a great story. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm happy, you know? And Shrek 2 was the most, most um, the highest grossing movie of 2004. Because we mm-hmm. just talked about that in our Phantom of the Opera episode. That's wild. Wild. And I do I do want to watch Puss in Boots, uh, The Last Wish, because I've heard nothing but good things. Like Shrek's Shrek the Third is kind of like, well, you know, it's it's the it's a franchise now. And then there's like what, another Shrek movie after that? And yeah, then the, the Puss in Boots movie. But I heard that this latest one is like really good. So yeah, I, I actually watched it. So I've never actually seen Shrek three or Shrek Four. Hmm. And I never watched the first Puss in, Bo- Puss in Boots movie. So there's three movies that are kind of like 
that I've never watched, but I did go and watch Puss in Boots, The Last Witch, Wish, The Last Wish, and I really enjoyed it. I'm like, oh, this is pretty great. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to take any shots, but I'm comparing that movie to the last Pixar film I watched, which was Lightyear, and I'm like, ooh, (laughs) it's not even a fair fight. (laughs) To be fair... To be fair, I haven't seen Turning Red, but I've heard a lot of positive things about it. But mm-hmm. at Lightyear compared to Puss in Boots, like if you're talking about legacy sequels and stuff, I'm like, ooh, Puss beat the shit out of Lightyear. And they're making a Toy Story 5, too. I heard you about remember, that. Remember when you said, no, nah, they're not going to make any more Toy Story movies, and they just made two of them? Well, I was, I really liked 4. And I was like, because four ends pretty definitively. Yeah, so did three. So, well, okay, okay, yes. <laughs> three ended definitively, but then four also found a pretty good spot. Like, four found a story beat that you didn't necessarily need, but it was like, oh, this is interesting. And then when it ended, it's like, okay, now this is a conclusion. And now they're saying there's a fifth one. I'm like, all right, guys. I, I think <laughs> I, this might go into our this month episode. And on our Patreon, but I really do believe he just announced Toy Story 5 because they were announcing a bunch of layoffs at Disney. And I think he wanted to appease stockholders, stockholders a bit and say, hey, we might be uh, firing people, but we got Toy Story 5 around the corners. Don't worry. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a theory, but... It, it It's something that Disney does. You know, sometimes there'll be like something really awful happening, but then... Oh, Frozen 2 is on Disney Plus now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> We're getting sidetracked. Yeah. Shrek. I do, I do think that Shrek was kind of like the movie that wasn't supposed to be a super big hit. Like, it was kind of unexpected because it's not the Disney, you know, it's not the Disney animated movie. And Disney kind of are usually like the most successful at making the animated movies. Um, so for... Let's go back to 2001 and we'll, we'll see where the, how the Disney movies compared to Shrek. Um, okay, let's go. 2001 at the Worldwide Box Office. Number one is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which we have covered. Mm-hmm. Number two, Lord of the Rings and the Fellowship of the Ring, which we have also covered. Number three was Monsters, Inc. So there's the Disney movie. And then number four was Shrek. Right behind Monsters, Inc. Um, And then number five was Ocean's Eleven. Number six, Pearl Harbor. Number seven, The Mummy Returns. Number eight, Jurassic Park 3. Number nine, Planet of the Apes. And number 10, Hannibal. Also coming out this year, Rush Hour 2, Spirited Away. uh, AI, Artificial Intelligence. Moulin Rouge. Um, let's see, uh, Legally Blonde also came out this year. Oh, that's which, right. We, which we, we, have, we talked about it. Yes. That was the first episode that we did with Leanna. Go mm-hmm. check that episode out. It's pretty great. Oh, and I see Rat Race here too. <laughs> <laughs> which, man, we got to do at some point. I want to relive that movie. Oh, so good. Monsters, Inc. also came out this year. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. Let's this is like after uh, Toy Story and Toy Story 2 and everything. So people expected 
Monsters Inc. to be really good. How much do you think the budget for Monsters Inc. was? Uh, I'd probably say eighty million. It was a hundred and fifteen million. Holy shit! Yeah, those animated movies are expensive, so yeah. they one hundred and fifteen million, and then return of five hundred and seventy-seven million. All right, pretty good investment. Now let's go to Shrek. How much do you think Shrek costs to make? Uh, I don't think as much. Maybe I'll I'll say ninety million. 100 million? 60 million. 60 million. 60 million and a, re- a return of 491 million. Already. I mean, yeah, those returns must have been huge. I feel like it was kind of like the underdog. Who, it's kind of funny because Shrek is kind of like the underdog in his movie. You know, in, in the world mm-hmm. of Shrek, he's the underdog. Um, and it's, what do you call it? Art imitates life. Life imitates art. Something, Something like mm-hmm. that. The underdog movie about the underdog. And then it became a a whole franchise. And Shrek would go on to, I mean, Shrek three years later would make a sequel, right? That was even bigger. One of the the highest grossing films of the year. The highest grossing film of the year. Domestic, I believe. Worldwide. Oh, worldwide. And then you also have to consider that Pixar Monsters, Inc. came out with a sequel or a prequel that years later that did not hit as hard mm-hmm. so shrek was shrek was big man and at least for those first two films it hit hard yeah and in 2004 shrek 2 beat the incredibles by almost 400 million at the worldwide box office and the incredibles is like this is a great great movie. one of the best superhero films of all time mm-hmm. or it's just a great movie overall but, you know, like the, the amount of money that the movie makes is not a determine how good the movie is. No, 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 no. So we will go back to Shrek and we'll tell you, we'll tell you how great it is <laughs> in the well, rest of the episode. Well, that's the thing. We all know it's great now, but how great is it? Because, you know, mm-hmm. we might go back. It's like, oh, you know what? It, maybe it's not as funny as we thought it was, you know, or maybe it's like, oh, this is aged better than we thought. Who yeah. knows? There's a lot of things that we could talk about. I, th- I think one thing that would be interesting is how significant it was for DreamWorks animation. Um, because it did kind of determine their movie slate for the next 20 years or so. Yeah. Um, and also how how well the jokes land and everything. Because comedy can have kind of a diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one thing I wanted to get into was how much people love Shrek. Like there's people that love Shrek and there's people that love Shrek. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like some of it is like a meme, you know, like just putting Shrek in everything. But then there's I feel like there's some people that are like they really believe Shrek is love and Shrek is life. So those are the three things that I'm most curious about. When going back to this movie. See, I'm curious about, I'm always curious as to how they make this stuff, especially when it comes to animated films, because that's a blind spot for me. So I'm curious to see how this technology differed from what Pixar was doing, how they went about it. Why did, how did it cost so much cheaper? Cause you're 60 million versus 115. That's like, how do you get that? How do you make that? Is it, I, I'm curious to, to see how, where that difference in budget came from, how they made the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm also curious to see the effect that this movie had on pop culture. 
And that's going to be a big one because we have to consider like, all right, how this movie was marketed, all the different, um, like, uh, like all the different uh, sort of advertisement strategies that Dreams worked, DreamWorks had with this movie in terms of like all the, all like the, it, it, like, it's tough to describe. Maybe you know the word for it, but like I remember they had a ketchup, a Heinz ketchup, that was Shrek ring. Oh, like the promotional stuff. Yeah, like the promotional, like uh, movie tie-in kind of stuff. You know, because there's a one thing about having a soundtrack having an entire CD soundtrack for a movie, i.e. like Batman forever. But this movie kind of took the star Wars route where it was like, we have toys, we have lunch boxes, we have uh special tie-ins with ketchup. You could get your green Shrek ketchup. I remember that one, the purple donkey. <laughs> that was a big, that was a big marketing push that totally pay off. Cause I'm sure Shrek made a ton of its money from, not even the movies, but from everything else, you know, the toys, the merchandising. And I'm curious to see maybe trying to figure out why Shrek has lasted this long, because it, it struck a chord in people. But why? Like, is it just that the movie's good or is it maybe? I, I, I don't know. Like the whole Shrek is love thing. Where did that even come from? Why is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to try to maybe just just look into it a little bit. I I honestly don't think I'll find an answer, but maybe it's to figure out like, well, here's one thing that you could point to that can say, oh, this really started it. And I'm sure our guests will have have uh, their own stories about it and everything. And I'm curious to see why they picked Shrek of all movies. Why Shrek? Mm -hmm. And uh, with that. We will now tell you how you can watch Shrek with with us if you choose. Um, you can watch Shrek on Peacock with a subscription. It is on Vudu, Redbox, Apple TV, Google, YouTube for the f- uh, three ninety nine rental, and Amazon is it is included in Amazon Prime. So if mm-hmm. you have Amazon Prime, you can stream Shrek. It is the first two are up on Amazon Prime at no extra charge. The third one you have to pay a rental fee. But the first two, if you got Amazon Prime, go watch it. All right. And with that, we will see you in one minute. For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Example? Example? Okay. Um Ogres are like onions. They stink? Yes. No. Oh, they make you cry? No. Oh, you leave them out in the sun, they get all brown, start sprouting little white hairs. No. Layers. Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers. You get it. We both have layers. (sighs) Oh, you both have layers. Oh. You know, not everybody like onions. Hello, everybody. We are back from watching... 2001's Shrek. And with us, we are joined by a guest, Brittany. Hello. Brittany and I, well, actually, all of us went to UCI, which is wild. Now, Brittany and Austin haven't met before, but they both have something in common. All three of us have something in common. We all love movies. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Brittany, you used to talk about Elvira a lot. I love Elvira. That is such a great movie. I haven't seen it in like a, Mistress such of the a Dark. long time. I hardly even remember that conversation. So, I mean, like we discussed, that's like 10 years ago. <laughs> but I remember you loved Elvira. Um, and me and my roommates and you had like uh, movie nights with Peter. Um, and it was interesting because... We always had great conversations of movies. And then I was like, hey, you want to come on? And you said, yeah, absolutely. And we usually let our guests pick the movie that we're going to talk about. And the first thing you said was Shrek. Yes, Shrek. Because I listened to your Legally Blonde podcast, which is in like your first five, I believe. And you guys talked about all the great movies that came out in 2001. (laughs) And sure as shit, one of those movies was Shrek. (laughs) <laughs> amazing movie i was so excited to watch it again so that i could be a part of this podcast awesome see sometimes i'm wondering like do, is that is that a good thing that we do like bring up the movies that were released in that year and now you're confirming that it is it is a good thing that we do. That. you're very welcome <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> it's wild to go through the movies that come out and it's just like wow i need to rewatch that movie and then you you and i always afterwards austin are like oh we need to do an episode on this and on this and the list yeah. has just grown so much. Oh, yeah. 2001 yeah. was a great year for movies. Definitely. It was definitely a great year for movies. Um, but why Shrek? I mean, the, the fun thing about Shrek for me personally was that it was my very first movie I saw in theaters with one of my friends without any adults. Wow. So it has a very special place in my heart. So. Like I was telling George, I have the exact location and like basically age <laughs> of when I saw Shrek. Nice. And it was, it was a monumental moment for, you know, 10-year-old me to go see a movie in the theaters without any adults. Like they weren't anywhere in the theater. They just dropped us off. And my friend and I watched the movie. That's great. That is so cool. The fact that you can <laughs> remember that. Well, yeah. How could I not? Do you guys not remember your first movie you saw in theaters without any parents? Oh, I can't. No. Oh, oh, you I guys can't. are such movie buffs, but like buffs, <laughs> I can only imagine you can't remember because you're always watching movies. That, that's why I think it's so cool, though, that you can remember. Because I'm like, I wish I knew what it was. Because, I mean, one of my earliest memories of going to the movies was like The Grinch, but that was with my dad. And I went to the movies so much with my dad that, oh, my God, the first movie without them. You're like, oh, I don't know. It's all oh. buried in a, just a, a buttload of memories. Thank you. I think mine might have been The Happening. Oh, with M.I. <laughs> Shafala? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. why? I, don't, I wanted to see it. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I, didn't, I, didn't have like a, I don't have like a terrible memory of that movie. I just remember it not being like very good but it was it was pretty funny i thought that was a scary movie it's a scary scary and putting in air quotes scary but like i think it's more funny than than scary and i don't know like a cabin in the woods situation well cabin in the woods i feel like is is meant to be funny i don't know about the happen. there's some stuff in the happening that's like there's no way m night Shyamalan put that in the movie and thought this is serious you know like when mark Wahlberg is like talking to the old woman and he's like oh no i'm not here to rob you like that's funny 
That's funny. That's I was thinking that exact scene. It's like, are you gonna steal from me? No. Why would I do that? I don't. I don't think it's a great movie, but it it made me laugh. And it was a, there. You go. And it was a memory. It was something yeah. that. That I it's, don't have. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good as Shrek, but you know. No, no, no. Shrek, Shrek <laughs> is a is a top tier. That's a great movie to like for like your first outing because it's still family friendly. Your parents can feel comfortable that you're not watching like some horrendous thing happening, but it's got enough edge where you're like, oh, okay, that's funny, and it's a big mm-hmm. pop culture thing. Like Shrek is yes. like one of the largest. IP figures, um, like movie mascots, you know, you can. And I feel like for its time when it came out, I mean, the graphics on it were like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" We, I watched it last night, and I was like, "This is awful," but I love it. <laughs> yeah, the animation has come a long way since, uh, at least, three D animation has come a long way since two thousand one. Like the the Puss in Boots movie looks incredible. Um, mm, but yeah. I think there's some stuff in this movie that's like the way they animated the way this character's head moves is pretty funny. I'm thinking of yeah. like the the merry men doing the river dance thing, and, <laughs> and when Fiona punches the the one dude through the accordion. I thought that was really funny. It's such a good movie. Well, usually um, when we do these episodes, we will like to give the people out there a chance to pause and. Uh, watch the movie before listening to the rest of the episode. But if you don't want to do that, we will explain what happens in the movie uh, right here. Um, sometimes, the, if the guest feels comfortable, uh, they can do the summary. Do you feel comfortable doing the summary, Brittany? Definitely not. I will 100% get tongue-tied. <laughs> okay. I have been so nervous. That's why I made sure I had my adult beverage so that mm-hmm. my nerves would be just a you know, calm down. <laughs> okay, okay. No worries, all good. Fair enough. All right, so Shrek starts off with Shrek, with Mike Myers. He's reading from this, like, storybook of this princess who's locked away in the castle, guarded by a dragon, and she could only be rescued by true love and true love's first kiss or something like that. And he's like, what a load of crap. And he slams the book and then you hear Smash Mouth's All Star. But uh, can I interrupt? Because mm-hmm. I actually noticed something when I watched it. Not only does he slam the book, but he rips a page out, and you can only assume that he's literally <laughs> wiping his ass with that page. He is. And he then is. the stroke, then everything starts. Oh my God, that's true. I only just realized that as I watched it this last <laughs> time. And it's been, what, 12 years? <laughs> yes, this movie is very gross. Very gross. Um, so he, he wipes so his ass with the last page of that book. And then you hear the Smash Mouth All-Star song, Body Wants to... And then uh, he's he's just getting ready. And him getting ready is disgusting. Like, he, he takes a bath, but it's a bath in mud. He, like, eats... He brushes his teeth with, like, slug juice... Uh, he he makes a dinner for himself, but he to light the candle, it's his own earwax. It's gross. But as he's getting ready, he hears that there's some townspeople that are trying to like round him up and kill him. And he's like, he's pretending to be scary. He's not really like a scary monster guy. And he he kind of scares them away by screaming at them and all of his like 
gunk from his mouth gets all over their faces. It's really gross. And like they, they animated that really well because you could see like the the mucus glisten and the light from their torches. It's awful. But then they run away and we find out that all the fairy tale creatures are being rounded up by the villain of the movie, Lord Farquaad, who's played by John Lithgow. He's just rounding up all of the fairy tale creatures, and these people were trying to round up Shrek, but they they couldn't. <laughs> um, and they're like, it's really funny because you, you see the the three bears from the Goldilocks story like locked in cages, but Mama Bear's in a different cage. You see Geppetto turn in Pinocchio. <laughs> um and then you have this woman who's like trying to sell her talking donkey and then when the the guy's like all right prove that your donkey can talk donkeys doesn't talk and it's it's kind of funny and uh there's the pixie there's a scuffle and like pixie dust lands on on donkey who's played by eddie murphy and all of a sudden donkey can fly and he's like oh you you might have seen a horse fly you have maybe even seen a, a super fly. Maybe you even ain't a never super seen fly. A donkey fly. Which is a <laughs> reference to a very controversial song from Dumbo. <laughs> but the the fairy the fairy juice wears off and they just capture him, but he, he runs away and he runs into Shrek. And the the knights are like, Oh, this ogre, he's scary, and they all run away. And Donkey's like, Alright, Shrek, we're friends now, because you you protected me. And Shrek's like, what? I don't want friends. Friends are annoying. You're annoying. But he lets Donkey hang around him, but he doesn't let him sleep inside. That night, he finds out that all of the fairy tale creatures have been evicted from their homes, rounded up, and they've just been relocated at his swamp. And Shrek's a loner. He likes his solitude. He likes his like routine. And he's like, absolutely not. I'm going to go talk to this Lord Farquaad and get you all off of my swamp. Uh, so he goes with Donkey because apparently Donkey's the only one who's willing to go back to the, the castle. Um, so he goes to the castle. Um, I think Duloc is the name of the kingdom. You get to meet Lord, Lord Farquaad. And the joke is For- Farquaad is short. And they never miss an opportunity to make a short joke, which might be like the one thing that's like, okay, maybe that doesn't hold up very well. <laughs> um, but he he has like stolen the magic mirror, you know, from Snow White. And he's like, uh, is this the fairest kingdom of them all? And then magic mirror is like, well, you're not a king yet. So he's like, okay, well, I want to be a, a king. I need a, I need a princess to marry. And then the magic mirror is like, all right, here are your options. Here's Snow White. She's lives with seven men, but she's not easy. <laughs> um, here's Cinderella. She likes to clean. And then we have Princess Fiona, who's in, who's a redhead who lives in a, a moat with guarded by a dragon. And he's like, oh, I want Princess Fiona. So he decides to have a contest to find the knight strongest to take on the task of going to rescue Fiona for him because he can't possibly do it himself. Not on he, his tiny little legs. Not, not even a, the thought never even like comes to his mind <laughs> that he will go and do this himself. Um, and as he's getting this contest ready, Shrek shows up and Shrek is there on business. He's like, I want you to get these things out of my swamp. But 
Lord Farquaad's like, oh, th there's an ogre. All right, knights, whoever kills the ogre gets to go on my quest. And there's like a fight sequence that turns into like a wrestling match that's all set to Joan Jett's uh, bad reputation. Shrek hits somebody with a chair. They, he does wrestling moves. I see, I see a senton. Um, and he wins. And he's like, all right, ogre, what do you want? I want everyone off my swamp. All right, I'll get everybody off your swamp if you go and do my quest. So they go to the, the, the castle where Fiona is. Uh, Donkey and Shrek, they kind of become friends because Donkey's like very um, extroverted. He's very friendly and he doesn't really get the hint that Shrek is trying to be distant. Maybe he does get the hint, but he just doesn't care. He's like very persistent about this, this friendship that he has with this ogre. They get to the castle. They're attacked by the dragon, who turns out to be a lady dragon. And Donkey kind of flirts with, and the dragon's like, oh, I'm into Donkey now. Uh, Shrek finds Fiona. He wakes her up, and he's like, all right, let's go. And she's like, no, this is all wrong. It's supposed to be saved by my true love, and you're supposed to kiss me and stuff. And he's like, no, let's go. <laughs> uh, they, they escape from the dragon. They uh, are going to back to Duloc. Fiona sees that Shrek is an ogre, and she's like, oh, well, that's weird. This is all wrong. And they end up going to the kingdom, but it start, the sun's starting to get low. And she's like, um, I need somewhere to sleep right now. She like screams it, and they're like, oh, geez, this princess has a temper. So they, they kind of chill um, in this like rock cave. And or she she gets the rock cave and they have to sleep outside. And there's this this funny bit where Shrek is like, I'm going to seal her in this cave with this giant rock. And, <laughs> and Donkey's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was just joking. Um, they talk about how people judge ogres. And that's why Shrek is so alone. That's why he likes the solitude, because if he never lets anybody in, no one can hurt him. Um, and then they're also talking about like the stars in the sky. Like, oh, this was so-and-so ogre and blah, blah, blah. Fiona kind of overhears this conversation. Um, by the way, Fiona is played by Cameron Diaz from The Mask and Charlie's Angels fame. Uh, she kind of overhears this conversation. You know, like the Disney princesses, you know, they have like this weird relationship with animals that can sing and the animals sing with them. Well, she starts singing to a bird and she ends up killing the bird because the bird can't hit that high note, just pops and becomes fried legs. So she takes the, the bird's eggs and cooks breakfast and says, hey, guys, we got off on the wrong foot. Let's let's start over. I cooked you breakfast. And uh, we've got a long day ahead of us. And then they, they start their journey again. And they're kind of like friendly-ish. They're, um, oh my god, my cat. There's the kid cat. Yeah. Uh, they get ambushed by, by Robin Hood, who's like, oh, I'm going to rescue her from an ogre. And... She actually knows how to fight, and she, she fights Robin Hood and the Merry Men because she doesn't like their song that she's singing. She even does, like, the Trinity Matrix kick. Um, but Shrek gets hit by an arrow, and she's like, oh, let me pull it out. 
And then they do that whole thing where she like falls on, it's very anime. Like she like falls on top of him and then Donkey catches them in a compromised position. He's like, oh, I see what's going on here. And it, that's what ends up happening. They end up kind of falling for each other. Uh, and they take another, another break because they're almost at the castle, but the sun's getting low. And she insists on sleeping in this windmill. And Donkey tells Shrek he should tell Fiona how he feels, but Shrek is like, no, I'm just an ugly ogre. And he goes off to find more wood. And Donkey goes in to talk to Fiona, and he discovers that Fiona is actually an ogre who turns into a human during the day and back to an ogre at night because of a, a witch's curse. And they do that weird trope where Shrek only hears half the conversation, but it's the half the conversation where he thinks she's talking about him being ugly and he, she could never love an ugly thing. So he's like, ah, oh, fuck Fiona. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the, the next day, Shrek goes and finds Lord Farquaad and he gets them to come over and pick her up. And she's like, whoa, I thought we were going to like hang out more. And he's like, no, I'm going back to my swamp. And he's she's she doesn't even say goodbye because she's like, oh, why is this guy such a dick now? So they they go to the castle and she's like, well, I got to get married before tomorrow because I, I don't want anyone to find out that I'm actually an ogre. Uh, and Donkey's like, yo, Shrek, why are you such a dick there? And he's like, go away. <laughs> I hate you, too. And then there's like a sad montage to, to Hallelujah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Uh, and uh, Donkey ends up finding the dragon and there's like kind of like they kind of like become more of a consensual couple uh, in this during this montage and Donkey goes back to Shrek and he kind of confronts him like okay why are you so upset and then he gets to the, they find out that Shrek or Fiona wasn't really talking about Shrek being ugly and they make up and they're friends again. And then they ride dragon all the way back to Duloc. And Shrek interrupts the wedding. And then Farquaad's like, kill them. Because he, he finds out that Fiona's actually an ogre too. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll put them back in the cage, back in the dragon's moat. And then Shrek signals to the dragon. The dragon comes back and eats Farquaad. And then the townspeople see that the two ogres love each other and they're like, aw, because the, the executioner writes something on the sign that says, aw, it's funny. <laughs> and they <A> get, <laughs> yeah, they're the townspeople are terrible, but um, they get married and Donkey sings, I'm a believer. Uh, it's actually Smash Mouth's cover and then Donkey starts singing it and you see so, all which of is the, also a great cover. Oh, yeah. It great is, cover. Yeah. Uh, you see all like the fairy tale creatures celebrating, like you have the the bad wolf, big bad wolf doing the macarena with like Snow White and stuff. It's funny stuff, and that's the end of the movie. It's a really nice, simple, short, concise film, but it hits all the beats that it needs to. It's enjoyable. You're laughing every few minutes. Like it's, it's a really great film. Like, I we we got a little bit. We talked a little bit about its significance but i don't think we really mentioned how good this movie is i don't know if there are people who haven't sh seen shrek like maybe 
younger generations. But <laughs> if you haven't, you should go check this out because the film is is great. Like it holds up really well. I was surprised at how entertaining it was, even though I'd seen this movie like not hundreds of times, but a lot of times. I've definitely um, seen it dozens of times. Oh yes, absolutely. It was this, it was like one of those movies that you you see with kids that you're babysitting or in in school when there's a substitute teacher or something or a rainy day during PE like this I remember seeing this movie so much I went to a private school so they never would have showed us this in, in school <laughs> but the uh, the summer it came out on VHS cuz we didn't have a DVD player back then I watched it every single day during that summer and I think the more you watch it, the more you'll pick up on certain things that maybe you didn't before. And mm-hmm. I think that happens when you're watching it as an adult compared to a child. Because I know that was the case for a lot of jokes. Like one of the most, one of the clearest examples was uh, when they go to Duloc for the first time. And he's like, wow, that's a big castle. He must be compensating for something. As a child, I didn't know what that meant. Absolutely not. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, I get it. Like... Farquaad has a small wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and or because, you know, he's, you know, the size of my thumb. Like, he's mm-hmm. just a, a short dude. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, overall, like, the movie is so funny, so well written. It, it like, hits all the beats it needs to. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, and I still laugh. I think, yeah, the movie's great. Like, it has aged pretty, pretty well. Now... I think you mentioned that earlier, Brittany, some of the technical aspects have not aged well, but I think, and and I agree with you, there are some things that have not, and there's one particular element in the movie that looks bad, but Mm -hmm. when the story is so good, it doesn't even matter, because you forget all the technical stuff or how old it is, and you're like, wow, this is a lot funnier than I remember. It is. Um, I and can it, even anticipate every line, and <laughs> I, I still laugh, like, out loud. Like, I felt like such a little kid again, just giggling uncontrollably watching the movie. And that's the thing. Like, we're all adults. I, I feel like an adult. <laughs> and, like, I, I recently rewatched Madagascar, which was another DreamWorks film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out a few years after Shrek, and I remember loving Madagascar. Like, I loved Madagascar, and I almost, as a child, I preferred Madagascar over Shrek. Wow. I, yeah, and I rewatched it recently, only a few months ago, like last year, and it was rough. I was not <laughs> laughing. I was like, whoa, this, it, the jokes just hadn't aged well, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't laugh as much. I was like, it's not a bad movie. But so man, Chris my... Rock for you just had a rough year last year. <laughs> I, know, I know. I was like, I remember loving Chris Rock, and the movie just did not hit. So rewatching Shrek, I was a little worried. Like, oh man, what if these DreamWorks films don't age as well? But no, I was totally wrong. Shrek has aged very well. Um, I think a couple of the jokes here and there maybe I falls flat, but. Yeah, there's, there's like, there's so many like little jokes everywhere, or like they're not all gonna land still. Like when Do- Donkey randomly breaks out in this song, like I don't, I don't laugh at that, but when, when, 
This is some like little stuff where like when Shrek and Fiona are like on their romantic montage, they like find woodland creatures and like blow them up as balloons and they like float away in the sky. It's like, why? That's <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that it's funny. Yeah, I remember sitting and watching just being like, that is the dumbest thing. But I'm sitting here giggling. <laughs> yeah, like it, not, it doesn't like make me laugh continuously but there's enough in there that still is just really funny like the the mama bear being in a separate cage and then showing up later in the film as like a, a rug for lord farquaad <laughs> that was, i that didn't is... even put that together <laughs> really oh my gosh, yeah you just ruined me yeah, yeah. But she she, <gasps> she she comes back it's fine right isn't she in puss in boots i feel like she's in puss in boots they okay, so I looked it up How and they they, that up? <laughs> they said that that was an intentional oh thing, but they canonically brought her back. So that bear is probably not her. I mean, they, they brought her in the same bow, right? But yeah. it was okay, it was just assumed. So maybe they just passed down the bow after Farquaad was, you know, eaten by a dragon. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I think someone just forgot and we're like, let's bring the Goldilocks and three bears back. Who cares? No one remembers that. Oh, no. except for you guys, apparently. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> well, rewatch it. It's like, oh, I think that's the mama bear. Yeah. And and if you go back, the dad and the son are the only ones dancing. Yeah, at the end, they're <gasps> the only ones there. Yeah. They're the oh only my... ones there. So they I'm... I'm wrecked right now. How did I not pick up on that? So you're gonna go back and, and go to that scene. It's the scene where he's like replaying the picture of uh of um oh, what's her fiona in the, yeah, in for, the mirror mirror that's another thing it's like why is he watching that video what is what is he doing right now? oh you know what he's doing want, i don't think we want to know i don't know he's playing with his overcompensation i don't know <laughs> well it's those little things that are like as a kid you i never questioned it why is he i as a child i just saw that he's like oh like he's really excited to just be married and have the perfect kingdom as an adult i'm like Oh, he's really excited. Yeah, he's he's a, a perv. <laughs> oh yeah. And the mirror even shows like that look of like disgust, like oh, yes! I have yes. to watch you do this again. <laughs> I I love uh, that little detail of like the mirror being like, oh no, please make God. it stop. Yeah. Exactly. Uh I there's a lot of cultural references in this movie. It's very like meta i guess but it, it references things that will like almost always be relevant because like those those disney characters like snow white the seven dwarfs all of those things are always going to be relevant so when it mm -hmm. makes fun of them it's still funny like her fighting the merry men is still funny yeah um, absolutely and then i mean you're seeing all the old uh, cartoons and stuff too you know you have the gingerbread man who my daughter loves <laughs> apparently you know you have the three blind mice and yeah. you know uh, the witches or fairy godmothers and um, the big bad wolf like there's so many oh, different yeah. uh, elements to Disney <laughs> characters that so many people know even younger generations might know because mm -hmm. they're so ingrained I guess in our culture now yeah it it was funny. There was a story about how DreamWorks had like lawyers watch the film just to double check that they couldn't get sued by Disney because of how many references 
Shrek made to Disney. They're like, all right, we don't want to get sued. And if we do get sued, we want to know we're on the right track. Like, we're covered. And so they had yeah. lawyers watching. It's like, all right, yeah, we you could do this. Wow, that's a fun little tidbit. It, it just goes to show how, like, in DreamWorks wanted to go in on Disney. It's like, all right. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> this was a hit piece. <laughs> I also read that Lord Farquaad was, might have been inspired by Michael Eisner, who was the Disney CEO at the time. And I yes. think the produce one of the producers, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who had founded DreamWorks along with Spielberg and David Geffen, he did not like Michael Eisner. He they might have they might hate each other <laughs> because I also remember The Incredibles, uh, Mr. Incredibles boss, the really short guy who's <laughs> yelling all the time was supposed to be a diss against Jeffrey Katzenberg. So you have these two really small um, egomaniac villains who are just oh like two goodness. CO producer people, two execs, you know, money that we'll never, ever see. They're just mad at each other. And this is how. This is, and that's how they fight. They fight it yeah. out in, in, a, in a children's movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll make you even shorter. <laughs> yeah, we got him, boss. We got him. Give him that bull cut. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, God. Just millionaires just bickering like children in children movies. In children movies. It's just full, full circle. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. It, there's another thing about Farquaad. So apparently there's like, I don't know if this is confirmed. It's like an urban myth. That like mm -hmm. apparent that, that's the thing with Shrek. There's a lot of urban myth. And if you're if you're out there, you know, at work trying to Google Shrek, be careful. Yes, <laughs> I'm yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah. Oh, be my. careful. Austin found some stuff. Uh, found some stuff. It. Some we'll stuff I wish I didn't see. <laughs> but there's like a bunch of urban myths about Shrek. Another one is that Farquad is a different way of saying fuckwad. You know, so fuckwad. It's fa a Farquad, and it's kind of like a like a hidden way of saying fuckwad, but to have a bunch of children say Farquad. <laughs> so I, I that's the thing. There's a lot of urban myths about this movie, and it kind of shows you the commitment that people have to like talk about this movie, rewatch it, make make some new headcanon stuff. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my god, this is like Star Wars level of. Oh. mysteries and theories and stuff i think they even add more to farquad's story in the stage uh play because they you know shrek has made it to you know that status of of movie where okay let's remake this as a stage show and uh farquad has his own songs and everything and part of his origin story is like his dad was a was a, a one of the seven dwarves he was grumpy i think is the implication and his his mom was a princess and the the princess princess p i think who whichever princess had to sleep on a bunch of mattresses and she she fell off the mattress and died and that's why he doesn't he doesn't have a mom and that's why he's so miserable he's <laughs> yeah but that's the thing about shrek like People will do that. They'll come up with um, some absurd things. They'll they'll take old fairy tales, old fantasies, and somehow find a way to Shrek it up. 
you know, and just like make it absurd. And it's like it fits because Shrek can appeal to both adults and children. It can appeal to our modern day culture, but also medieval fantasy fairy tales. I mean, you know, think about the wrestling scene. Think about the the parking lot. The 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 name of it. Lot. The parking lot. It makes so many uh, references to Disneyland. Uh, yeah, it, the the little the little uh, the information booth. It's a, oh or, that's a, that's what it yes. is. <laughs> Welcome to Duloc. I had that as my like. This is how I'm just aging myself. That was my like voicemail when people <laughs> called me for quite some time. Just that song wasn't even my voice. Just oh that song, and then you had to leave a message after the beat. that's embarrassing or like super no, cool it's for a 12 no, no, year no. old that's very cool <laughs> all about those those like maybe embarrassing stories of how much you liked something like i've i've talked about how i used to make my parents watch us recreate star wars fan fiction for like hours <laughs> with our star wars toys <laughs> that's it's fantastic fine. yeah i watched i literally did watch this movie every single day the summer it came out for like watching at home <laughs> I had the entire movie memorized. The entire movie. And I recited it to my friend once. <laughs> and that's a good sign of a good movie. Movies will just come to us. And I mean, Austin, you have this. I have this where we just go back and it's like, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. I know that reference. I was I was talking to Chris. And he, uh, Chris is, is someone who's been on the show before. Christopher Mims. And he was... <laughs> He just randomly said, no more dead cops. And I was like, that's from the Dark Knight. <laughs> it's, but, but that's how it is. And it's just like, and it's that level of commitment and enjoyability that you get from Shrek. That's like, yeah, no wonder this is like, this has touched so many people. And it, we're still talking about it 22 years later. Mm -hmm. I mean. It's so good. It, oh, you know, when a movie grabs you grabs a hold of you you just quote it and they're just you know like you said like you were watching it and it just coming back to you and you can anticipate the lines every um, single one of them and i don't think you're alone i think there are a ton of people that feel that way about this that haven't seen shrek in a minute but if they started watching it they'd be like oh there it is there's that one there's that mm -hmm. line it, all the gags start coming back it's this movie is so rewatchable it's so funny. Like, it has jokes every minute. And what I mm -hmm. like about the jokes is that they're not forced. It doesn't feel like there's a, you know, there's, like, a gun to the writer's heads. Like, you have to put in the joke. You know, like, in scary, in some of the scary movies, where it's like, okay, yeah, you're having way too many jokes. You know, you, you've mentioned Greg Mason, the writer, said that they had to write, come up with jokes. Even if they weren't funny, they just had yeah. to write something. But here, it's like... Maybe there are some jokes that don't hit as hard, but they're still funny in their own right. And other people may find it funny. Yeah, and, and there's there's still like enough bangers. Like you're not you're not getting like ten unfunny things at once. You might get like eight unfunny things and one really funny thing that makes you forget about the other things. 
And even at then, least for like, me, that's what? my experience anyway. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like I, I like, just I anticipate everything coming up, and I found myself smiling and like getting ready to laugh because I knew what was coming next. <laughs> and sure, it's not like I'm laughing every like few minutes, but I am letting out a nice. <laughs> every so yeah. often yeah like the i think the one that that is that always makes me laugh is when the uh magic mirror is like i don't want to talk and then lord farquaad just signals to his henchman and the henchman pulls out a mirror and punches it like that's that's funny that is this is a great joke very yes. economical like it took seven <laughs> seconds you know mm-hmm. and then he does the whole like dating game voice with the on the same henchman telling him to pick number three, but he's showing number two because dumbass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, pick it's... number three, my lord. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's man. something I've said before. Like, especially with my husband, if we are trying to pick something, like pick mm. number three, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember the the gingerbread one. It's like, do you know the muffin man? The muffin man. <laughs> that whole yeah. scene. Oh, it's so good. That one does bug me because I I want to know the the payoff. You know, like where what about the muffin man? Is there going to be like another joke about him? Right. We never get anywhere with the muffin man. I'm always let down by that scene because I'm like, oh, they don't do anything with the muffin man after this. They don't, but it's still funny, man. Run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. You're a monster. I'm not the monster here. You are. You and the rest of that fairy tale trash poisoning my perfect world. Now tell me, where are the others? Eat me. I've tried to be fair to you creatures. Now my patience has reached its end. Tell me, or I'll... No, not the buttons. Not my gumdrop buttons. All right, then. Who's hiding them? Okay, I'll tell you. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Yes, I know the Muffin Man. Who lives on Drury Lane? Well, she's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! She's married to the Muffin Man. (laughs) My lord, we found it. But if I remember correctly, they do something with the Muffin Man and Shrek, too, right? I haven't seen Shrek 2 in a very, very, very long time, if at all. I'm I'm, uh, I'm speaking from, like, memory. I thought that they had, like, a big gingerbread man. Yes, they do. So they, is, they create like a, a Godzilla gingerbread man that invades the castle. But was that the Muffin Man's doing? I don't remember the Muffin Man, but they do create the gingerbread. And I remember they pour milk on the Godzilla gingerbread <laughs> man and he melts. And it's and, such a hero. Yes, I need uh. a hero. But I think to that point, I think there's a lot of reasons why the movie hold like is funny in a lot of regards because i'll attribute the comedy of the movie to a few aspects one the jokes are written really well they got a setup and a proper payoff they're clever they're witty so i'll i'll say that's the dialogue a second mm-hmm. part is the references right because you'll see that's like oh that's a reference to the matrix or that's a reference to um you know robin hood and that mm-hmm. will bring out some laughs for people you know like oh they reference the matrix that's so weird but it fits and i think the third thing which is kind of a big part is how the the jokes are performed because something that this movie excels in are the voice actors they're 
all doing incredible jobs and you could tell that they're bringing in a lot of work even if there's a line that isn't necessarily funny or written to be funny the way it's said and performed is what's funny you know like that muffin man thing a lot of people think it's funny but you're right austin there's no real payoff but it doesn't matter because it's performed very quickly snappy it's cut together like back to back to back and the voice the muffin man <laughs> yeah the, the gingerbread yeah. man is great Drury Lane. <laughs> and then not my gumdrop but... <laughs> oh, that's a classic. That's a classic one. And when they and and like you said, uh, like you said, Brittany, the the what the executioners pick number three, my lord. That like those voices and the way they enunciate words and they're performed. It's just it's incredible. That's you know? what sticks out to me. Yes, it's it's the accents. It's the way people say things that it, uh. it sticks out for me, especially you know, especially the gumdrop buttons, like. Mm-hmm. Gets me every single time. <laughs> the one like random line that sticks with me is like when the donkey runs into Shrek, and then there's that knight that's like, "You there, ogre!" Like I don't know why, but my my siblings and I would always like do that callback like randomly, and it's like, ah, that's that's a great line. That's how I feel about like at the beginning, right after Donkey meets Shrek. And he goes, oh, man, who would live in this place? This place looks like a dump. He's like, well, I live here. Like, oh, I love how you decorated. And he's like, oh, I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. <laughs> and, and and I, I know I've said that on, like, hiking trips and camping trips with my husband. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> and then who could forget the, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Uh, so, yeah. It sold so many waffles. Telling that oh, one hundred percent, and I have said that also to my husband and my kids, mm-hmm. and uh, my daughter absolutely loves waffles, so I really get to use that line as often as I want. <laughs> but, but I think when we're, when we're watching these movies and we're saying how quotable it is, I think it's I think we're referencing not just the dialogue and the written word, but the actual performance because you can't help but just want to impersonate that person because they said that line in a specific way that <laughs> resonates with you and i think the movie was performed so well that there are so many lines that are memorable and it's like you think about the decisions and the choices that went into the casting of it and this movie that's one of the big parts of this movie is the casting of it was a whirlwind like they had mm-hmm. ups and downs and it cost millions of dollars. Well, we'll get into it at the end, but it's, okay. uh, I just wanted to highlight that because man, you could say anything about the animation, how some of the jokes maybe aren't funny or they haven't aged well, but the performances have aged like fine wine. This is some, this is some Italian vineyard wine here. <laughs> this is some good shit. <laughs> Well, the fact that even like I was like, hey, you know, to my to my husband, I was like, hey, I gotta watch Shrek. I'm gonna I'm going to be a guest on a friend's podcast, and he's like, okay, yeah, let's watch Shrek. You know, he wasn't like, ugh, we have to watch Shrek again. No, he was he was also very excited to rewatch it. It it just it does that to you. This movie does that to people. Where sometimes even I'll like, like, oh man, I gotta watch this movie. All right, well, you know, it's part of the pod be have an open mind you know you know not all the time but sometimes it's like all right we'll see how this goes this was one where i'm like no i'm ready let's do this i'm ready i'm I'm ready for this (laughs) 
I think even Liana, who who was a guest on the Totoro episode and the Legally Blonde episode, she also was really want wanted to watch Shrek when I was about to watch it for the pod. The the animals, the one he blows up the animals. That's she was dying at that. I'm like, I didn't remember this until just now. <laughs> it was it's still funny. And I've spoken to a few people and I said, oh, we're going to be doing Shrek. It's like, oh, my God, can I hop on? I'm like, no, nah, someone's already got it. But even <laughs> they wanted to hop on. It is. It has cemented its memory into our brains. We can't, yeah, we can't forget so. it. Yeah, I feel like it was like, it, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it was such a, a new wave of type of movies yeah. Where they really took children's movies that are absolutely acceptable for children. Because my husband even said, he's like, we're on Disney Plus so much. Like, we haven't put Shrek on for the kids. We should put Shrek on for the kids. Like, it's, it's great for kids. But it was like that first wave that really put in a lot of adult humor that just went right over kids' heads. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really segued and, and made a bunch more movies similar to that. I feel like it... it, it made the heading for that i guess almost genre of movie yes that makes sense i think this movie was like the first one that was like oh we're we're edgy you know we have like edgy jokes but it's like like acceptable edginess you know exactly and i i think that's why so many people saw shrek and took the edginess and turned it up to 11. oh the stuff that i saw in preparation for this podcast is bizarre and i hope that those people get the help that they need <laughs> <laughs> i'm so scared now because i mean i thought google check could just like see if there's things that i wanted to look up or like input on here but i'm glad i didn't see anything that you saw so <laughs> i don't yeah, know if there's, there's like a, a rule 34 thing going on there or oh, what oh, oh there definitely is. definitely that's what i'm talking about i mean that's the whole reason for rule 31 34 right yeah <laughs> Like this was, it, but like some stuff is like okay. Don't. Why would you write this on online? Um, and then there's some stuff where it's like this is just like weird, but it's also kind of sincere. Like, did you know people got married to to Shrek themes? What? Yes, I think I do remember that being a wave. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They they had ogre weddings. Welcome back. Now, Deborah Mundy and Mervyn Ryder love the movie Shrek. They also love each other. So the couple decided to get married, dressed as their favourite movie characters, in a wedding they will never forget. Yeah, my father thought I was crazy. And when the actual ceremony had finished, he came up to me and said, job well done, you have pulled this off. Puss in Boots couldn't make it, but the gingerbread man, Prince Charming, Little Red Riding Hood, and the big bad wolf did. And everybody got into the spirit of it. It was so funny. Their family wedding photos could be straight out of a Hans Christian Andersen storybook. Their two sons, the knights in shining armor. Oh, God. Oh, goodness oh, gracious. Gosh, yes. I, it's like in the recesses of my mind. I can't picture it specifically, but it's, it's, it's jogging something in my memory. And... And sometimes I can't help but think, like, is this sincere or is this just kind of like beating a dead horse or what's that saying? I don't. Is that the same beating a dead horse? Like, is this just just trying to be edgy for edginess sake? I don't get yeah, some of it. Some of it is that 
like the mm-hmm. like the Shrek is love, Shrek is life thing. That was like you're just trying to be really edgy, and uh, there was I'll talk about it briefly, I guess. Now I don't I'm, I don't want to keep talking around it, um, but there was like a these people who would write all this like weird like sexual fan fiction with Shrek, uh, and yeah, yeah, and it's. <laughs> It's not from the perspective of a person who should be having a sexual relationship with Shrek. Let's just say that. Um, and for, I think it started in like 20, 2012 to 2014. It was like a Shrek Chan fan site where like you would just write these really crazy stories where like Shrek pleases you and then goes off. And like they just would do that for like two years. And each each person would try to one up the one from before, and then it stopped, I guess. But like, I think you know, like, yeah, you know how there was uh, a lot of grown men who got really into My Little Pony. Oh, bronies! Yeah, bronies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're still around. (laughs) The same thing happened with Shrek, but they called each other brogers. Brogers. Yeah, God. yeah, and uh, there's there's been some like deep dives into this stuff from like Kotaku, and it's funny because like the Times would talk about the the Shrek fan stuff, but it's like y'all didn't dig dig deep enough. <laughs> Apparently, um, you did. <laughs> I because I, like I remember hearing stuff like Shrek is love, Shrek is life, and I was like, wait, what what is that? And I I found it and like, oh, why was this a thing? Oh this is terrible. God. That is terrible. That sounds it's awful. Like, and it was a it was a thing that like people did because it's like super edgy and like that's kind of what Trek was right like it was edgy but like in in the film it's like acceptable edge but mm-hmm. online for a while there was like we could do whatever we want for better or worse. <laughs> uh-uh, um, I don't want that. So yeah, that just yeah, makes me feel ick. It ick. is pretty. It is pretty icky. It is pretty icky, but. There's also some pretty cool stuff too, like the Smash Mouth song, right? All Star. Mm-hmm. With this movie, like a lot of people uh, associate that song with this movie, and it inspired yes. a lot of people to create these really fun mashups of Smash Mouth and whatever song. And apparently, that is still going on today, not as much as it used to. Mm-hmm. But there's a subreddit called Smash Ups where people will remix songs with All Star. Most recently, there's a, <laughs> a Smash Mouth and Taylor Swift mashup with the Antihero. It's pretty good. But a lot of it is like, it's funny for like 10 seconds. And then it's like, okay, move on to the next thing. Yeah, I mean, even the song like has been a trend on TikTok, right? For a bit where it goes, you know, some, and there's a pause and you wait for like whatever it is to happen. So, yeah. Body. I even did that. I did that with one of my TikToks because <laughs> my daughter and my son were trying to go down our slide and... 
They were on it at the same time. And, well, my beautiful daughter decides to push my son down the slide. <laughs> and he just freaks out. So I, I put that on my TikTok with that with that sound and it's freaking great <laughs> it's so it's so good because at the very end she just looks up and she has this big smile on her face <laughs> and my son's just bawling on the floor like <laughs> but it but it fits and and i think that's why and that's why people like it that the song, the song is holds up yeah the song holds up even to this day because everybody everybody knows that song mm-hmm. it's a great way to start the film too like it just throws you into it, right? And it, what's so cool about it too is that it immediately changes the tone, right? Because I think you, that's a really good point that you made that this was a movie that was for kids but had adult humor. Mm-hmm. But maybe if you hadn't seen the trailers and if we weren't, if we weren't really used to seeing that. So if you're an audience, imagine going in and you have a fairy tale book being opened up and they're, you know, telling this fairy tale story that we've heard for decades because disney has ingrained it in our memories and then you hear someone just say like that's gonna happen they rip it off they're flushing they're using it as toilet paper and then you hear this <laughs> punk rock song you know it's, it's, it's not punk rock. or is what is it is it punk rock is it i don't know it's, it's like, like 90s pop it's like pop pop punk it's like it's like that weird um period after sugar ray you know <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's it's like not it's like not as weird as Kid Rock, but it's definitely more than Sugar Ray. Yeah, um, it's 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 in that same wheelhouse, but like okay, this is more more mainstream, more accessible than Sugar Ray. Yeah, it's like it's like some forty one. Love and, some some forty one. Absolutely, and but now imagine you're having this fairy tale story, and then someone just comes in, uses it, that toilet paper, and then you've got this song some. I mean, what, with the guitar, <laughs> it's just, it's a total tone, tonal shift, but it gets you ready for what, what, it gets you ready for the, the entire film. And it's like, oh, this is yeah. the tone that they're going to go for. This is the gross out humor. This is the vibe. It sets it all up. So you immediately know what's up. And the uh. song communicates that so perfectly. I, I read that the film had used that song just as like oh, it was supposed to be like a placeholder for a different song but they decided to actually go with it exactly placeholder you found the right word it was a placeholder <laughs> but then just jeffrey katzenberg loved it so much and he was like hey we want to use your song in our children's animated film and smash mouth was, was like uh we don't you know we don't really want to get into the animated children's scene like that's not what we're about and he was like, all right, just watch the film with your song in it and let us know what you think. And they watched it and they loved it. And they loved it so much. And Jeffrey Katzenberg was like, hey, we want to commission you guys to make a cover of uh, I'm a Believer that's going to play at the end of the film. So you capped the film off with Smash Mouth. But they're the perfect band for this movie. Their tone matches Shrek's edginess, right? Like Smash Mouth isn't mm-hmm. edgy. But no. they're just no. edgy enough. Yeah, and it, I don't know. Like you said, there's something about it that just works. It really does. The whole energy matching of it just it mat- It does match the whole movie. Well, here's the thing: if it didn't work, it wouldn't have been so memorable. But right. all of us here can remember the beat. We can remember the movement. We can remember the scene. Mm-hmm. 
in the very beginning at least of when he opens the shack door and it starts playing the music like it just <laughs> yeah. it autumn it just fits Dude, yeah. you, have you seen the last of us the hbo series mm-hmm. i bet you could put all-star when bill is getting ready like he's getting his little town ready in episode <laughs> three. you could totally put that in and it fits <laughs> That I could absolutely see because it was kind of it's the, it's the same energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's like, I ah, all this to myself. Bill shares a lot with Shrek when you think about it. <laughs> he Bill, really does. He just I wants mean, his privacy. He wants. He's got his ten foot wall that he actually does mm-hmm. put up. He finds an annoying friend, <laughs> and uh, they end up living together. Well, uh, Last of Us ends a little differently, but you know, it's just, just, it's it's close enough. But I think setting up that tone is so important. Yeah. And it gets you right in and it's a smooth transition. It doesn't feel jarring. And you're like, it's a great way to start the film. And you get a lot of strong characterization for Shrek. He's a loner, he's disgusting, but he loves it. It's it's a great intro. Uh it's it's because I was I always look at the beginning of a film to see how it starts, right? Like, okay, mm. do I feel like is this going to be a good movie? Because your first impression has to has to be good. The way you start a film has to, it has to be good. Mm-hmm. And this one starts great. It sets up my expectations, the tone, characterization. I'm in it. What's really funny though is the uh, reaction to this song being so associated with Shrek. Because the band, I don't, I don't think that they like that. They're so intertwined. There's a, there's a, somebody has like screen capped some tweets about about this song and Shrek. Oh, okay. I want someone to tell me the first thing I think of when they hear this song, and I want someone to tell me the first thing they think of when they hear this song is not hashtag Shrek at Smash Mouth laughing emoji, and Smash Mouth re- responded. We don't, since the song was already on its way to number one in every country in the world before the film was even finished. Mm. And there's there's a lot of tweets like this. Oh, I wonder if that's true. I feel like it is because of Shrek that it really took off. Maybe it was on its like own level and its own, uh, you know, jump into into stardom, so to say. But I feel like Shrek really did. Uh, yeah give them the headwind to really take off because really they only have that song and like i'm a believer and then what's the other one like walking on on yes that's like that's it like that's all they have so they should be freaking grateful for mike byers and shrek (laughs) they should they should but like i think that when you're uh there's a lot of people who are like they've they've done so many things you know they've Wrote in all these so- written all these songs, but like the one that people remember is the one that they like gave to to Shrek to open the movie, and now they see their song and it's they see like the Shrek memes and everything. It's like that's, that's not what the song was originally. <laughs> we wrote that song two years before Shrek was even a thing. It was in another movie, Mystery Men, too. Mystery Men. Oh my gosh! It's funny. I have a list here of. Some of the some of the uses of All Star in films and TV shows. All Star comes up ten times. It was used in, in Inspector Gadget in '99, in Mystery Men. <laughs> no, it was in the Digimon the movie, which we talked about, Austin. Mm-hmm. It was in Go Tigers, a documentary. 
It was in Shrek, Rat Race, uh, Little Girl in the Big Ten, a Simpsons episode. It was also used in another documentary called Flunked that came out in 2008. Then it was in Forensics, which is a TV show. And and also it was, I believe, I think it was another TV show called Bon Ritlow in 2012. I'm not exactly sure, but All-Star has been used a pretty handful amount of times. Uh, and that's just up to 2013. Like, there's probably still more that we haven't accounted for. So the song is popular, but let's be real. It's in the zeitgeist because of Shrek. And I mean, is that really such a bad thing? I mean, it's a—I think it's a double-edged sword, because you'll yeah. have bands that are known for or recognized for that one song, that one mm-hmm. album, and they're like, "We've done so much more." On the other hand, though, it's like you could be—you could have a lot of albums, but none of them stand out. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like—it seems like there's a double-edged sword. It's like you're not really known by a lot of people but you have a good discography or good quality a good body of work or you're known just for this one thing and maybe that annoys you it's like well pick your poison i guess you can you can be like upset about it i think and then there's some people who like embrace it like rick astley and i think it's it's a lot easier for us to to see rick astley embrace that that meme and it makes i don't know it makes us like him more if the smash mouth guy is complaining about people associating the song with shrek it's like oh that guy that guy should be grateful it's like it's a weird thing like i wonder if the rick astley guy is like actually like oh cool i'm a meme you know or if he's like like, maybe i should just say i'm cool with being a meme because then people will like me more But it, right? but I think, and he's still relevant, you know, so many years later. Like, people mm-hmm. are still talking about him to this day. So, I don't see what, I mean, that's all we, that's all a lot of people want, right? We just want to be relevant. Relevant and remembered. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, getting Rick Rolled is still going to be a thing on YouTube as long as YouTube's around. <laughs> you know, even, I mean, it, it's still happening. And, even in 30 years, if Rick Rowling isn't as popular of a thing, people are still going to know, like, oh, that's the old Rick Roll. I get where they're coming from, but it's also, I, I agree with you, Brittany. It's like, be grateful, man, because you're going to be remembered and your legacy is going to live along with Shrek, which is going to live for a long time. There was an article on Gawker uh, that, that, that there's the one that documented, like, all of the, they got all the screen grabs of all the tweets and everything of the the Smash Mouth Twitter account de- defending themselves. <laughs> they started the article by saying, in 1997, when Guy Fieri and three of his friends released hit single Walking on the Sun, they knew they'd finally made it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the fact that somebody called him Guy Fieri is really hilarious. <laughs> they kind of look alike. <laughs> they do look They could totally be siblings. <laughs> they actually did a thing together. For charity, uh, they raised like ten thousand dollars for charity. Guy Fieri cooked a bunch of eggs, and had <laughs> and had the the dude eat them. Steve Harwell, like you you can find this on YouTube, I think. He like cooks a bunch of eggs, and he has the Steve Harwell eat them, and they're playing Smack All Star behind him. 
Oh my god. It's so it's so bizarre. This that the is... whole culture around this movie is bizarre. If you really think about it, it's just like mm-hmm. it's even more bizarre than Star Wars to a certain extent cuz I'm sure there's like a bunch of Rule 34 things with Star Wars, but yeah. there's something about Shrek that's just like weird. The Shrek one like permeated the culture though. Like I think people know the phrase Shrek is love, Shrek is life. I don't, I can't name any of like the weird Star Wars smut, you know? I guess I am, I'm like way out on that because I don't <laughs> even know if I've heard of like Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Don't Google it. I'm not. <laughs> oh, Google no, it. hell no. I do not want that type of stuff on my computer or my search bar. So if my phone picks up on this and it brings it up to me, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> your your phone's like listening to this and it's like Shrek yes. fandom. Yes, everything Shrek for the next two weeks. And I'm just I'm gonna hide my phone under my pillow. <laughs> um uh, something going back to the story real quick, something that I did want to point out was um how weirdly progressive Shrek is. Like the the actual kind of story. Now it does make some jokes at certain groups' expenses i.e. short people like you're right they do not miss a chance to dog on farquaad for how short he is which is like look he, exactly. he is an asshole so you could argue that he has it coming yeah he's also low-key a fascist right oh he absolutely is like <laughs> absolutely. that dude definitely had it coming but like just kind of the reinterpretation of the fairy tale kind of how it's like i'm a shit on this you know, like literally with the, the mm-hmm. toilet paper, but then kind of how they rewrite Fiona, her involvement, kind of the switch. Cause you know, there's like princess and the frog where it's like, Oh, I'm a creature. I'm unlovable. If you kiss me, I'll turn into a human or whatever. But this is like kind of the reverse of that where it's like, no, my true form is the ogre. And you weren't kind of expecting that, but it's kind of cute at the end. And it's like, embrace who you are. And Fiona kind of takes a more active role in the plot and like she could defend herself. And it's just something that's like for 2001, I don't know how many films are really going out of their way to do that, to kind of take those Disney tropes and say, eh, okay, you do that thing. We're going to do our thing over here. It's just, I don't know. It's just a nice little, nice little thing that I wanted to point out. Yeah, there's a yeah. bit, there's like a, it's a very like silly making fun of other stuff, but it's also a pretty sincere at its core. Because mm-hmm. you do see the progression of, you know, Shrek being this grouchy ogre who doesn't want anybody around, but then he kind of like gets used to Donkey talking to him all the time. And then he also gets used to Fiona. And, you know, like he says, maybe it's not just ogres that are like onions because they have layers. You know, maybe everybody's like an onion and they have layers. You know, you have to really get to the core of a person to really get to know them. And he's Mm -hmm. finding that out, A, through Donkey. He's not just an annoying talking ass. Like, he's actually Mm -hmm. a a good friend. And then Mm -hmm. Fiona's not exactly what he pictured either. There are different sides to everybody and you just have to get to the core of it. But you also have to be willing to see that other side of people. Absolutely. I think that's a great lesson for children, for kids as well. And I think it's a good reminder for adults, you know, because I think we're we're sometimes too quick to judge other people. And again, look, I'm not saying that Shrek is some deep philosophical thing where, no, not, not really. It's, it is 
very good entertainment at its core, but I appreciate the sincerity and the commitment to kind of portraying this. And it, mm-hmm. I think it, for me, having that and presenting it, presenting those themes in that manner just makes me take the film a little bit more seriously rather than saying, oh, it's a dumb, it's a dumb comedy. It's a dumb animated film for children. You know, it's kind of like kind of why we why people look at Pixar very differently. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it's uh, very well animated, but it has something a little bit more sincere and a little bit more thoughtful in the middle of it. And I think you need that in order to last a long time. The comedy helps, but I think you need that sincerity, which Austin and I, you and I, Austin, you and I have spoken about for a while. And it's like, that's kind of something that a lot of films nowadays lack is the Mm -hmm. sincerity, which is something that Avatar and Top Gun have. They have that sincerity of being like, yeah, we're corny, but that's not really a bad thing. Whereas now I feel a lot of movies have sarcasm as like the go-to thing, which I Mm -hmm. I like sarcasm. I I don't anymore. It's so annoying. (laughs) It's, It's hard to find a movie that can do sarcasm well. Because it, it really does have to be placed well, and if it's just overly burdened with sarcasm, then it's it's too it's too much. Yeah, like sometimes the sarcasm, sometimes some of them are very morbid. Which again, I don't mind these things inherently. It's just when we get them back to back to back, like even Shrek, it's morbid, and Shrek is sarcastic too. Like mm-hmm. there, there's an edginess to it, but it feels nice and balanced when you have someone like Donkey who constantly reminds Shrek, like, hey, don't be such an asshole. You have mm-hmm. people that like you. Don't push us away. Uh, or you have, like, uh, like Shrek saying, look, man, like, I have these feelings, and I've been hurt because people have constantly looked at me and said, I'm ugly, I'm terrible, and there's nothing to me, and that's why I, I'm upset. Like, I, I just, having those scenes where the film just stops and kind of has the characters say this, like, it's just... It feels nice. It feels like, okay, this is actually a story that I'm getting invested in. Because sometimes I feel like it's movies are just skits now that have little tiny jokes in it. And there's not really much of a story. And I'm like, guys, if you want me to rewatch this 30 years from now, <laughs> you got to get me invested, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm walking out and I'm just like, yeah, I watched the movie. But, but it's not something you want to watch again. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, Top Gun Maverick. Avatar, The Way of Water, you know, and there are, there are a few more movies that I walk out and I'm like, and I just feel good. I feel, I feel alive. And I'm just like, Ooh, <laughs> I want to, I want to do that again. You know? And um, just like Donkey says in the movie, you know, they listen to Welcome to Duloc. And I have that written down right here where Donkey's like, oh, let's do that again. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's one of those movies that you're like, let's do that again. <laughs> And mm-hmm. this movie definitely has that effect because I watched it and I was like, I want to rewatch it. And I also want to see the sequel again, which is on Amazon Prime. And I'm like, I want to rewatch it because I need to experience that again. Mm-hmm. And- I can't remember anything about like number two, except for that donkey and the dragon have babies somehow. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's all I remember. I don't remember this plot line, the storyline, like nothing of the movie. Maybe when I start watching it, it'll like come back to me. But sh- the first track like overrides anything else. But one of the articles that I found was talking about how 
uh, the Shrek movies kind of became the thing that they were, they became very reliant on like very topical jokes. And I can't really remember many of the, the gags in those movies. I just remember the one where like the, they got Puss in Boots and they're like searching his pockets and they pulled a catnip and he's like, is this yours? And then he's like, uh, nope, it's not mine. I'm like, I, I get it. That's funny. The other stuff I don't really remember. I remember the, the giant gingerbread man. I don't know. But like when it comes to like the jokes in this one, like all of the references are like stuff that we're going to remember forever. Cause like, we're never going to forget about the Goldilocks mm-hmm. and the three bears, the magic mirror, the matrix, Robin hood, none of that stuff we're, we're going to forget. But I remember watching scary movie two. And there's this extended sequence where the characters are like bouncing a basketball. <laughs> I know you were going to say dark, that. <laughs> in a dark stadium. And like, it goes on for like, it feels like five minutes. And it's like, why is this in the movie? What is, what's the deal here? But it's a reference to the stupid ad campaign from Nike that like, if you don't know about that campaign, you're watching the movie in 2023. That shit is stupid. <laughs> it's, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Because it, it, it references this thing that was only popular for like a little bit of time. And that article said that's what happened to the Shrek sequels. Mm, and I'm like... That makes sense. I can't, I can't confirm it because I don't remember what happens in them. <laughs> number, okay, number one, that's bullshit. Because that scene is hilarious in Scary Movie 2. I still laugh at it every time I'm watching it. <laughs> so screw you austin I, yeah it's my, my we have different opinions it's fine no man like, you're wrong in this one i'm, I'm okay. gonna say it scary movie 2 is hilarious that, oh that scene where they're bouncing the basketball is hilarious yes i laugh every time bro okay he, that i will say that song was that sound that song that like the ball bouncing on the court was actually used on tiktok as well where people were I, it's it's funny. Um, All right, let let us know in the comments then. <laughs> uh, let us let us know on our our social media. Like, is that scene funny still? And if so, like, no. Is it because no. you remember the the ad campaign? If you don't remember the ad campaign, is it funny? Let us I'm, know. I'm curious to see. I'm curious. To see. I don't think it's but, funny at all. <laughs> Shrek Two is actually good. You, you you would have to rewatch it, but it does lean a bit more on some of those uh contemporary references like i know they referenced the oj uh cop chase oh the white bronco the white bronco it's like that's something that's like a part of of pop culture forever i think yeah so that one was a good one but that's funny (laughs) white bronco because it turns into a horse exactly that's funny Um, i think i think the shrek shrek 2 is was good but I don't remember it as much as Shrek 1. Exactly. And then Shrek 3, I don't remember at all. I don't even think I saw it. Have you um, seen Shrek 3 and 4, Brittany? No, I don't think I've ever seen 3. And I know I've never seen 4. Okay. It, it is interesting because that does seem to be a cutoff for a lot of people. It's like uh, the first two were really good. And then 3 and 4, I think they started trailing off. I still think they did gangbusters at the box office, but... It obviously must have done somewhat well because they had, you know, the whole side movie of Puss in Boots. That's like, right. And mm-hmm. I, I do vaguely remember P- Puss in Boots in one of them. But, I mean, just the first Shrek was so good to me that the second one 
really wasn't that memorable. So I didn't watch it every day for a summer, <laughs> you know, man, so it doesn't stand out like at all, man. I just, it's, it moves real good. The pace of it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel long and it's only 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it hits all the beats that it needs to. It's super funny. It's well-written. I, man, I, I cannot recommend this film enough. If you haven't yeah. seen it, go, go watch it. It's on Amazon prime. And if you have seen it, or if you grew up watching it, but you haven't seen it in a long time, go rewatch it. Like it's it's a blast to get through, honestly. And it's it feels like the best way to spend ninety minutes, you know? <laughs> yes. And there's so many tropes to just like we've been talking about to different movies and in Disney and you know just a- across the board. And I feel like it's done in a very tasteful yet humorous way. Let's talk. A little bit. I don't know if you've done much research on this, George, but um, a little bit of how Shrek was made. Did you know that Shrek was a book? I did not. Brittany, mm-hmm. did you know Shrek was a book? I, I did not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shrek was a book from 1990. And it's, it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's a great year. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very different from the movie. It's a lot uh, simpler. Uh, there is Donkey, there is Shrek, there is a princess, but there's that whole thing of her being like an ogre at night and a human during the day is not a thing. She's always an ogre <laughs> or she's always ugly. I don't even I don't even know if Shrek is an ogre. He's just really ugly. Uh, and he finds a, a a wizard or a mage or something and then they they tell him like, "Oh, you're going to go on a quest." And you're going to meet a princess who's even uglier than you. And you're going to be taken to a castle by a donkey. And you're going to fight a dragon. And you're going to fight a knight. And he's he just like, oh, sweet. And he goes and does all those things. He, he actually has the ability to shoot fire from his mouth. And that's how he beats the dragon. Like his fire breath is stronger than the dragon's breath. Because that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he saves Fiona from the castle. He has to fight a knight to... to to save her and yeah so it's it's like a, a funny like charming but kind of gross uh children's story and you know one of the kids who read it was like dad make this into a movie and the dad was a movie producer and was like all right let's do that <laughs> and then it was in production for five five years holy moly five years to make this movie what made it take so long I think it was the the animation that made it take a long time. Also, uh, originally in the role of Shrek was Chris Farley. That was one of the big things that I looked into. Interesting. I had no idea. Chris Farley completed a large part of the film. So they they had different people. They had, I think everyone was from SNL. So they had Eddie Murphy as Donkey from the beginning. They had Chris Farley as Shrek, and they had another... Janine Garofalo? Yes, play Fiona. And there is test footage online of Chris Farley's voice, and it is so different. It's, it's still good. It's very different. I feel like it's easier to feel sorry for, for Chris Farley than it is Mike Myers. Yes, but it, well, the tone and everything shifted. Like the relationships between each other just played very differently because of the tonality of each voice. 
Oh, this is another one of those onion things, isn't it? No, this is one of those drop it and leave it alone things. Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Why do you want to talk about it? Well, why are you blocking? I'm not blocking. Oh, yes, you are. Donkey, I'm warning you. Who are you trying to keep out? Just tell me that, Shrek. Who? Everyone, okay? Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Oh, for the love of Pete. Hey, what's your problem, Shrek? What you got against the whole world anyway? Huh? Look, I'm not the one with the problem, okay? It's the world that seems to have a problem with me. People take one look at me and go, Ah, help, run! A big, stupid, ugly ogre. They judge me before they even know me. That's why I'm better off alone. You know what? When we met, I didn't think you was just a big, stupid, ugly ogre. Yeah, I know. Oh, this is another one of those onion things. No, this is one of those drop it and leave me alone things. Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Why do you want to talk about it? Why are you answering the question with a question? Why are you asking questions I don't want to answer? Why are you blocking? I'm not blocking. Then why do you have problems expressing your wants? I don't. I want you to shut up. See? No problem. You're just displacing your anger. Believe me, it's properly placed. You're really mad at whoever did this to you. No one did anything to me. Yes, yes, yes. Someone hurt you so bad. Someone hurt you many years ago. Leave my parents out of this. Breakthrough. Let's go with that. Let's explore family origin. Were you hugged as a child, Shrek? All right, all right. I want a home. And someone to share it with. Okay? Yes, Shrek. It's okay. People see me and they go, Ah! Help! A big, stupid, stinky, smelly, ugly ogre! I'm so scared! They judge me before they even know me. My folks always told me that everyone loves ogres. I see. So, I guess they were a little overprotective. A little? That's why I gotta do this. I want them to know I can take care of myself. Now you wanna make them proud. Yeah. You know what? When we met, I didn't think he was just a big, stupid, ugly ogre. Mm -hmm. I know. You felt yeah. more sorry for Chris Farley than Mike Myers, who kind of comes off more a bit more repugnant. Um, yeah, he's kind of a jerk, and it's like, ugh, why are you such a jerk, Shrek? You know? Exactly. Yeah. But but Chris Farley basically almost finished the role, but then he passed away. Okay, that was and... going to be my question. It must have been he must have passed passed away during that five years, and hence why mm -hmm. Mike Myers came in. Yeah. yeah, he 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 unfortunately passed away and they still hadn't finished the film, you know, or they were going through changes. It's It was an iterative process. Instead of hiring an actor to do Chris Farley's voice, they just wanted to stick with an original actor. So they asked Mike Myers if he would step in and he was like, yeah, I'm I'm totally down. Let's do it. But he he wanted to do it in a way that respected chris farley that didn't try to imitate what he was doing so they had to rewrite a lot of the dialogue and to their credit it works really well in the final product like i can't argue against mike myers and cameron diaz acting together i'm not exactly yeah. sure but it was a huge process to replace chris farley and the thing is too when mike myers was recording his voice 
he wasn't doing a Scottish accent. He was doing his regular. He was doing his regular voice. He did a Canadian stereotypical accent, and then he landed on Scottish. So they had to redo the entire script all over because he he wanted to say it in a Scottish accent. I don't know if they redid the entire script, but they definitely re-recorded all of his lines. Well, the. Well, no, 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 no. They, they. I mean, that's what I meant. They, he, re- he re-recorded all of his lines, and he probably um, improv and you know improvised in a yes. way to make it work with the Scottish accent. You know, as Mike Myers would, as a great you know um, improvisation actor. Absolutely, as yeah. a as a comedian performer, he kind of. I'm I'm sure that that voice kind of brought something out of him, and they had to re-record stuff, and apparently. It costs like four, like they had to throw away four million dollars worth of animation to to redo some <laughs> aspects. So that's that's the number that's thrown around. Even Mike is like, I don't know if it's four million, but yeah, you know, like what would Mike Myers know? Except, oh, I had to go to the booth this many more days. You know, like yeah. who knows about how much? Because like, yeah, how can you put a number to that? You would have to uh, go by like the days that the animators are working that. They would have been already done, I guess. That's the number that's thrown around. And again, a lot of this stuff is urban myth, you know, part of the Shrek mythos or whatever. But they worked on this script a lot. It wasn't just a, all right, have them come in once. It's like, no, let's have these group of character actors come in. We need to make changes. We need to make adjustments. We need to pivot. Oh, this new guy comes in. These new actors come in. Their chemistry works, but now one of them wants to try a Scottish accent. And apparently, it, it, I mean, it works. The Scottish accent really works. I was i was looking online trying to see, like, why the Scottish accent was brought into play. And there's this YouTuber uh, who kind of, he cleared it up in a, he, he, he said it in a really interesting manner. And I really liked it. It's uh, Nerd, Nerdstalgic. That's his YouTube channel name. And he said that the Scottish accent lends itself to aggression and assertiveness, while at the same time feeling gentle, wise, and kind. And it's funny because, in a weird way, those are kind of the opposite, but Shrek inhabits that. He is kind and he is nice, but he's not <laughs> far from being aggressive. Mm-hmm. And, and the nice things he says are typically said in an aggressive manner. Yeah, and... And somehow the Scottish accent works. And this kind of goes to what I was saying about the performances earlier on. You really have to commit. And there's a lot of work that has to be done. And little subtle things like that, like accents, can go a long way. Would the film have been as successful if the Scottish accent wasn't there? I mean, maybe the writing's still there, but maybe the performance just wouldn't have landed as well. And... If Chris Farley had, you know, his if his voice had been used, well, Shrek I can't even been... picture it. Oh, Shrek... it's it's online. Uh, there's actually there's actually recordings of it with some crude like uh, storyboard drawings, and it feels different. The whole I don't know if it. I want to do that to myself. I'm so happy <laughs> with like the way Mike Myers portrayed everything. Like I don't think I want to feel like it's almost blasphemy at this point. <laughs> And that's right. that's that right there is key because the movie feels so sacred the way it is right now and it feels so perfect and it's like they 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 hit it they did it 
And to think about how many times they had to redo the work, they had to iterate on it. It's like the process was tough, but in the end, it was worth it because they got this beautiful film and all the cogs just click with each other. And it's like, oh, it just makes sense why Shrek has a Scottish accent. I don't even question it. I never questioned it. No, me neither. <laughs> Not, I mean, especially since, like, the style of it, I guess everything seems fairly uh, Dutch. Like, especially when they do the Welcome to Duloc song, it looks very Dutch mm. or Swedish, right? So it's mm -hmm. pretty odd to have a Scottish accent of, a, of an ogre mixed in. Yeah, the accents are all over the place, aren't they? All over the place. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it is supposed to be a hodgepodge of a bunch of different fairy tales, so it also makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Robin Hood is French. I realize <laughs> that. It, it's funny. His name's not Robin Hood. It's Monsieur Hood. That just means Mr. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah but, but they don't say Robin Hood. They just say Monsieur Wood, uh, Hood. And mm. it's like, that was an actual thing. People were like upset. They're like, you need to make him British and you need to call him Robin Hood. And the producers were like, no. He's Monsieur Hood. That's yeah, that's actually a, a thing that's the in Robin Hood Men in Tights. It was a big deal that Carrie Elway had a British accent because it was that was a joke from the Kevin Costner Robin Hood not having an accent. That's another one of my favorite movies. And if we didn't do Shrek, I was going to ask to do Robin Hood Men in Tights because that that's movie. a that is a top five favorite movie of mine. <laughs> I've never seen this man. I there's so many movies I haven't seen yet. I think we've had that conversation back in college <laughs> where you've never seen Robin Hood Men in Tights and it is great. It's great. It's one of I think the 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 genre of like fantasy comedy isn't done very much. Like there's there's Shrek, there's The Princess Bride, and there's mm -hmm. um Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh-huh. And then I guess you have Your Highness, but uh, but Robin Hood Men in Tights is, is another Definitely. good one. That'll be safe for another day. It's it's so funny. And it's funny that people get mad at the Robin Hood not having an English accent again. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the thing, and they're like, "No, we made him French, and that's it. Deal and with it. it." And he gets his ass kicked because <laughs> it's the French. <laughs> he might be dead. He, he, he oh, hit that rock pretty hard. <laughs> oh, that dude is dead. definitely dead. I haven't seen him in the Shrek sequels. He might be dead. <laughs> I think the Merry Men show up at the end. Oh no no, he is he is alive. He's at the end. He's he's in there at the end as well. Yeah, he's in the, there at the end dancing yes. with Cinderella. I don't know if he's dancing, but I know the Merry Men, and I remember seeing his face. I was like, oh, because when I when I was watching, I was like, oh, that dude should be dead. Mm -hmm. He hit that rock hard. <laughs> that was like a million dollar baby kind of hit right there. That was like. Ooh. <laughs> Um, but no, like the casting of this, the, the casting of this film was, was top notch. Oh, tremendous. And it paid off. Eddie Murphy got a BAFTA nomination for his voiceover work, which was like was unheard of. It was like, oh, we're giving this guy an award for his voiceover work. But it's like, but why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. He's great. And all of the, his little like mumblings. <laughs> whenever he's like walking around just mumbling to himself like we always have subtitles on because i have toddlers so like actually watching the movie with subtitles this time and being able to understand what he's saying when he's mumbling i was having such a great time i was like oh my god eddie murphy you are 
just a wonder to behold and mm-hmm. to listen to. Absolutely. And it it just works so well. It I can't imagine this movie with a different cast. And Mm-mm. it I don't know. It was made with so much love. All the performers, they all gave it their all. The animation team, obviously. Like I mean, this movie looked amazing in two thousand one. It was mm-hmm. the also the first animated film to win an Oscar in the animation. They made up the the uh, best animated picture award at um, the Oscars yeah. the year this movie came out, and this was the first movie ever to win that Oscar. Wow. Think about that though. Disney was dominating animated animated animation films. They they were they were dominating animated films and animation. And mm-hmm. they lost out to Shrek when they had Monsters Inc. I would have been pissed if I was Disney. Like it's on YouTube. You can watch that moment. And they actually have Shrek and Donkey in the, the audience. Like you know how like when the Oscars will show like, oh, this person's nominated, this person's nominated, and the winner is, they actually have Jimmy Neutron with his like robot dog in the Oscars oh, oh. with his little tux. They have uh uh what's his name? Sully and Mike Mike Wazowski with their tuxes oh. and everything and Shrek and Donkey. And <laughs> when Shrek wins, they pan to Sully and Mike Wazowski and they're like uh doing the the clap or like, yep, they they deserve that. <laughs> so the other That's nominations so were Jimmy Neutron, Monsters Inc., and was there another movie? It was just the three. It was just Shrek, just Monsters Inc., and Jimmy Neutron. Well, I it's mean, a- to be fair, Shrek obviously trumped <laughs> the other it's two. A- like, it's not even a competition. It is. It is a a really interesting oscars moment because nathan lane is presenting the oscar and he's he says oh when i heard about monsters incorporated i thought it was about the weinstein brothers (laughs) this was in 2001 by the way damn oh everybody knew man they all knew they all knew and they have kept quiet for a very (sighs) long time so i think everybody's happy to get all that off their chests (laughs) fucking weinsteins (laughs) <laughs> but I, that would have pissed me off if I was Disney. If it's like, yeah, they even man, animated their characters to look pissed off. This <laughs> like what you were saying. They had a bit of a rivalry. And remember, Pixar made Ants, or a uh, Pixar made A Bug's Life, and DreamWorks made Ants. So they mm-hmm. were already like, kind of like throwing rocks at each other. Yeah. <laughs> And Pixar was the one that was like, oh, Pixar is the king. They Toy Story 1, 2, A Bug's Life, you know. And now it's like, we got Monsters, Inc. And Monsters, Inc. is awesome. Like, that movie's mm-hmm. great. It but is it's great. Not Shrek. I will say it's great, but it's it's definitely not Shrek. And I think <laughs> I can remember, like, when I did watch the movie, like, being able to see the hairs on Donkey. I was like, whoa. Like that's some <laughs> top notch animation, like actually being able to yeah. see every stroke of hair. And now it's like standard in all the animation mm-hmm. movies. Well, it's interesting you say that. That was really tough. They spent mm-hmm. a lot of time on Donkey. And so they they created a system that had like the muscles and fat tissues work together. So like when certain like when Shrek would talk, when he would when he would talk, he'd form a double chin. It's very subtle, but it's noticeable. Right, mm-hmm. gone were the days of the plastic, plasticky faces, and with donkey's fur. Hold on, I have, I have it right over here. 
So here's a quote. One of the most difficult parts of creating the film was making donkey's fur flow flow smoothly so that it did not look like that of a contemporary shader to provide the fur with many attributes, ability to change directions, lie flat, swirl, etc. It was then that the job of the visual effects group led by Ken something to make the fur react to the environment conditions. Once the technology was mastered, it could be applied to many aspects of the movie, including grass, moss, beards, mm-hmm. eyebrows, and even threads on Shrek's tunic. Making human hair realistic was different from donkey's fur, requiring a separate a separate rendering system and much more attention from the lighting and visual effects team. So donkey's fur was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. But somehow they nailed it and they're like, all right, now we can apply this technology to a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it, you just you just said it. It was worth it because as a kid, when we're yeah. watching, it's like, this looks good. Yeah, as a 10-year-old, I was like, fuck yeah, this looks great. How did they do that? Like, that's amazing. Four or five or four and a half years of constant yeah. working. Those yeah. animators are the best. They yeah, definitely, they, definitely they, they made their money's worth because it was such a box office film. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I will say something. So we kind of haven't talked about some of the things that haven't aged well. I think we've been praising this movie, but one of the things, and you know, I don't really like getting all deep into things that don't really age well, because uh, the technical things, because there are going to be limitations, right? We said this Mm -hmm. with RoboCop, ED-209, some (laughs) of the things haven't aged well, but we'll we'll give it a pass. Shrek has that. The thing that has not aged well about this movie, from a technical perspective, is the fire. The fire mm-hmm. effects were not good. <laughs> I don't know what it is about fire. Because remember, Austin, we were talking about the Matrix and how it had that explosion in the in the uh, lobby of the of the building. Mm-hmm. That did not look good. It's like the one part of the movie where it's like, oh yeah, this was a ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that movie's still near perfect. Yeah, it's it's, um, a, it's a great movie. There's little things in movies that are, are awesome that are just like, oh, yeah, this is an old movie. This, look at this. This would yeah. never this would never happen. And Shrek now. has the fire effects, the same fire, mm-hmm. like the same effect. And it's like, oh, this all looks so great. Uh, or it looks good compared to what we have now. But that fire was. Yeah, it's almost destroyed. like a like a pastel looking type of fire or like a, a watercolor. And it's just that you can't, it's hard to replicate. Fire is such mm-hmm. an organic, beautiful, forever changing thing. And it seems to have like a, a life of its own and it really breathes on its own that it's very hard to replicate. You nailed it on the head because even now today, there are some movies that have fire effects. That's like, Ooh, that looks rough. Like, uh, I love, yeah. I love the first Deadpool, but there's a scene that takes place in a burning building. It's like, that looks rough. And that movie came out in 2018, 17. Yeah. There's also like that, that whole thing now where like everything's on a schedule. Everything has to take three months to, to film. And then we're going to do post-production. We're going to release the movie in two months and then next one. So it's become like this machine, you know, Mm -hmm. people aren't spending five, six years to make a movie anymore. You know, it's yeah. Nobody has the money for that now. Well, they have the money. They just 
there's so many other movies that they want to make to keep you going paying for the subscription fees right, and, and all right. that that's true that's true that makes sense well and i'll say this i mean it shows you how far we've come because they're able to do those fire effects in a like a quarter of the amount of time these guys spent months trying to figure out just the fire elements alone mm-hmm. um and i mean i don't want to dog the film on that too much because again it's a technical limitation that existed at the time i'm not going to shit on the animators because it doesn't look real it's like okay who who cares it's one section of the <laughs> film yeah and it's still funny like i i still enjoyed the scene but that is one thing that hasn't aged well i think Okay, well, let's move on to our quotes and close out this episode. This is the part of the episode where, in lieu of a five... Oh, wait, did you want to quickly talk about the memes? Yeah, I kind of did already. There's, okay. there's, like, one thing that I think is funny with Monsters, Inc. and Shrek is that, like, there's that reaction that Shrek has when Fiona says, yeah. he's got a long journey to go on, and he makes, like, this, this really long face that has become a meme. And also that Monsters, Inc. face swap with Sully and Mike Wazowski. I feel like people use those two images in this in similar context. I think that's really funny. <laughs> and okay. It just changes the way I see that scene. I'm like, oh, there's the face. You know, it's like that Leo from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, oh yeah. That. Yeah. Like, oh, that's me. Um, that's all. But uh, this, okay. let's move on to quotes. Uh yeah. Um, this is the part of the episode where, in lieu of a five-star system, we summarize how we feel about the movie with a quote from the movie. It can be our favorite quote, it can be a quote that makes us laugh, or it could be a quote that summarizes the conversation we just had. Uh, George usually goes first, and George usually breaks the rules. Quotes. So my quote, I have two quotes. I am breaking the rules. There's one that I say a lot that's like one of my, it's just a funny thing that I like to say. And it's like, that'll do, don't get, that'll do. I just, yes. I, it's so funny. And it goes to what I was saying, the performances. It's even I want to do the Scottish accent, which I'm terrible with accents in general, but I love that. It's, I just say it every time, that'll do, don't get. And people look at me like, what the, f- what's wrong with you? And I'm like, don't worry about it. But my actual quote about the way I feel about the movie is when Shrek saves Princess Fiona and she's like, where are you going? The exit's over there. And Shrek's like, well, I have to save my ass. And -hmm. Princess Fiona's like, what kind of knight are you? And Shrek says, one of a kind. And that is the best way to describe this movie. It's one of a kind. It's like family friendly, but it's got an edginess to it. It's got sarcasm, but it's sincere. There's no movie really like Shrek, and I don't think another movie will ever come out that's even close to as unique as this movie is. Yeah, you guys have like so much meaning behind like your <laughs> quote, and well, I just wrote down like a bunch of my favorites, and I've already said like five of them. No, but so- no, no, don't even <laughs> don't even worry about it. You whatever your quotes are, feel free to share them. It doesn't there doesn't have to be any meaning behind it. It's just because sometimes I'll do that. I'll just say look. This means nothing, but I think it's funny. I've done that plenty. (laughs) Um, Uh, You want to go, Brittany? Sure. Um, One that I I haven't said, but I tend to forget about that I I really like is when Donkey finally finds out that Fiona is an ogre at night. 
And she's mm-hmm. talking about how ugly she is and she hates it. It's awful. Nobody's going to love a hideous beast, which is, you know, the whole trope of Shrek listening in at the wrong moment, wrong time, <laughs> not getting the whole story right. And uh, Donkey looks at her and, she, and he goes, you know, you only look like this at night. Shrek looks ugly 24-7. <laughs> and I just, I lost it when I, when I watched this last. Um, so I guess that would, that would be my favorite. Um, but I would like to break the rules just a little bit, just oh, like yeah. uh, George, because I noticed, again, for the first time at the very end, when he's closing the chapter on like their own book now, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying they lived happily ever after, they lived um, ugly ever after. Oh, So it, it's a nice throw in at the very last bit. The last page mm-hmm. says they lived ugly ever after. <laughs> Nice. I like that little touch. That's a great quote. Good job. That's awesome. Thank you. Nice. Um, my quote is uh, when Shrek is describing ogres to Donkey. He says, <laughs> oh, Donkey, ogres are like onions. They have layers. And that's kind of how uh, I feel about Shrek and the Shrek fandom. And Because you have all these different people who love different things about Shrek. Some of them unmentionable, but some of them are just really funny. Some of them are like weirdly sincere where it's like, I don't really think this is a problem, but it's weird. But that's cool, I guess. You know, I, I read this like weird Shrek Shadow the Hedgehog thing where it's like, oh, is this going to be like one of those gross things? But it's not. It's just like Shadow makes friends with Shrek. That's, that's the entire thing this weird crudely drawn comic and like what is it about shrek that makes people all these different people from different parts of of society like it i don't know it's got layers i guess it's got layers (laughs) but not like parfait layers onion layers onion layers (laughs) some of them are pretty stinky (laughs) but uh that's that's our uh episode on shrek Hope you enjoyed it. Brittany, do you want us to put out your socials or? If you, yeah, if you want, that's okay. I mean, I did make a reference to uh, Smash Mouth and one of my TikToks with my kid. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, <laughs> What's your TikTok? Uh, my TikTok is <laughs> Here Come the Grannies. <laughs> 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 Which, if, if, if there's not too many other, you know, parents that listen to this, it is a quote from Bluey. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so here come the grannies. That is my TikTok. Here come the grannies. All right. Uh, you can follow us at retrograde <laughs> underscore pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube. We are retrograde podcast, three words. We have a Discord. Um, that you can DM us and we'll we'll you know check you out. Make sure you're cool, not some bot that's gonna spam our <laughs> our, our channel with crypto links and shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's our those are our socials. We are coming out with a Patreon, which should be up a week after this episode drops. We have a few episodes on there. Uh, I think we're gonna record one more on sequels, like our sequel pitch idea. It's oh, gonna be a lot right. of fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. gets you one episode a month. $5 gets you all the episodes. $15 gives you the title of executive producer. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but if you if you if you want to give us fifteen dollars a month for a, a fake title and two extra episodes a month, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> but but please don't feel obligated to do that. No, that we, is... we love any and all support. And don't forget that these episodes, these retro reviews, will still be free and available wherever you get your podcast. So if you're not looking to, to get into Patreon, that's totally cool. You can still keep listening to these episodes and they will be coming out still on our regular schedule. Right. And with that, oh, should we tell them what we're doing next? Yes, our next movie will be the 90s slasher Scream, which I've never actually seen before. I'm I've so seen excited. Scary Movie, never seen Scream. Uh, I feel like Scary Movie kind of ruins Scream, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. Thank you, Brittany, for coming on. We It was such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. For it everything. was so much fun to actually finally, <laughs> finally being <laughs> able to uh come in and do this with you guys i had a good time chatting with you about one of my favorites so thank you love so it. much for uh, uh, being flexible with me absolutely i love hearing people talk about their favorite movie it's, absolutely it's, it's so because there's so much stuff where it's like oh this is terrible let me tell you how terrible it is i'm like yeah okay but like what do you like though because it's, it's yeah. more it's it's you put yourself at risk talking about things that you like and this is this is a safe space where you can talk about things you like at least that's what <laughs> We're trying to make it. And if you guys ever do Robin Hood Men in Tights, uh, I'm going to call dibs on it. So <laughs> Fair enough. So- uh, sounds good. All right. So with that, we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.